Welcome to Essie's Hour of Love, episode 12. Uh, this episode features Misha Ip and Conrad Lebron, two actors from Perth, around the same age as me, who came over here a few years ago and have just released a web series called Then That Happened, which they co-wrote, produced and, produced, and acted in. Um, it's based on real life events and it's funny and intriguing and very raw, honest. Um, I'm sure we could all relate to um, one of the stories um, that you that you watch so I highly recommend um, viewing it you can watch it on the website www.little and the letter y.co forward slash then that happened uh, it was great having a, a chat with them about you know what it takes to get something up and running in New York City and just that power of, you know, if, if uh, things aren't necessarily happening the way you want it, then maybe you should go out and produce it yourself, which they did. And, um, yeah, it was a great chat. So I hope you enjoy. Yeah. I was like, it's a podcast. I don't, it doesn't matter what it looks like. I still don't know what the problem is. Now she's going to take a photo of my face. Yes. I know. I think, I think you look beautiful. Mm. Thank you. Of course. Um, I'm just going to shut the doors <laughs> in case my roommate comes home. But I told her to be quiet. Look at this well, look at this location. Isn't what it great? A great, great location. Yeah, I can't afford it. I live here. Conway does that all the time. Uh, so, let me just make sure this is working. I think we're good. It's always my fear that it's never gonna be working. So, welcome to Essie's Hour of Love, guys. Thank you. Do you even have, like... So tell me how you heard about this from Felicity and Tony Ruth. Yeah, I, uh, I met them last year in Perth, actually. We held a fundraising event for uh, our series and I needed a wine sponsor. And then I was connected with them and I went over to their place and drank like lots of wine and like had big chats and became best friends. And <laughs> did, they t- did Tony take you through every little minuscule moment of the wine and yes. how it's processed yep. and everything like that? Every yeah. minuscule moment. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. You should. Um, so I will do like a little preamble like at the start so they can like the audience will know a bit more. But I think I'd love to just go back to like when did you guys come to New York? Like how long have you guys been here for? And you're both from Perth? Mm. Yeah. 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 So I came to New York. <laughs> We're all from Perth. And I came to New York almost five years ago. Wow. Uh, and I came to study at uh, an acting school here. Which one? Uh, Stella Adler. And um, that was a two-year course. And so then I've spent the time after that uh, trying to be an actor in New York City. <laughs> and, and, and producing my own work and stuff like so that. So how old were you five years ago? Um, twenty. Well, I was 24 when I moved here and I had my 25th birthday here, which was really special because in Australia, my birthday was always in the summer. I had my first winter birthday and I was 25 and that's like a, you know, a milestone kind yeah. of an age. And it was New York. It was, it was very nice. Yeah. Um, and Conrad? Uh, I moved here about two and a half years ago. Nearly nearly three years ago and uh, I moved here to work as an actor as well. So how do you two know each other? We went to high school together. Where did you go to high school? We went to John Curtin College of the Arts. I applied guys. Did you? Yep. When I was, must have been year seven and I did the audition. They like uh, for drama. I guess yeah. Yeah. For drama and like I had to pretend that I was a pumpkin or something. Whoa. But so I lived in Margaret River, and I'd just gotten my first horse. Like I'd been competing oh for a while, God. and I just got my first horse. So like in the interview process, uh, like you have your interview with them, and they're like, "What are you hoping to do?" And I'm like, "Well, actually, I don't think I want to come because I just got my first horse." <laughs> <laughs> show jumping priorities like, yeah. no. you had your priorities so I did but it was such a great experience so like just like the lizard the John Curtin is known as like the I guess if you the, the performing arts mm. high school yeah mm-hmm, right yeah exactly and they also have a soccer program which is so bizarre they have like a, a media program so it's like filmmaking and stuff which I did I started, I started filmmaking stuff there and I continue that in university and then they have the performing arts which is like 
acting, singing, dancing stuff. Yeah. Um, and then they also have a soccer program, which seems kind of off field. Do you mean like it's like a specialist soccer like, program? So like, known. They specialize in, in a lot like, of things. It's excellence in soccer. Yeah. So so um, it's <laughs> a great school. Yeah. <laughs> Diversity. Diversity. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, did you guys hit it off straight away at school, or was that, oh, you can? I think so. It was. I mean, it was. Oh, it was a long time ago. It's hard to really. <laughs> Yeah, like we were we were so part of the same. Like, all my girlfriends know exactly how we met, and like if we got along. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean I know exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's we, a girl thing. We, we, yeah. <laughs> we had a, a really similar group of friends, like basically the same main group of friends. Mm. Um, and and for me, I only got there in grade eleven. I went to a different school before that, and I just kind of fell like madly deeply in love with my friends at John Curtin. Yeah. It, it was like. I didn't realize I didn't belong at my old school until I belonged at John Curtin. But with that came this roller coaster experience of like being so in love with these people and like having deep heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so from when I first met Conrad, he was one of those people that I was in love with, but also was very cool and sometimes too cool for me. And no wonder like, he doesn't remember when yes. he first met you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so like he was like he could be really kind of like Conrad's covering his eyes right now. <laughs> and like exclusive and that was the experience. But we like have we spoke about this and we've had like we've developed into such an amazing friendship. Like grown together and it's been really amazing but that mm. for that first experience that was from my perspective yeah yeah no I can understand that for sure yeah it's I well yeah I'm finding that my friendships are ones that have been the hardest and the, I've had the most confrontational coffees and we've had to discuss our feelings and hey the way that you said that to me really hurt because you know da, 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 da. they end up being like I mean, it's like anything in life, though. But, but, but they're my like they're my sisters or brothers now. Yeah. Like they're just so close. But Absolutely. sometimes you're like, is this worth it? Yeah. Like we're not actually in the like a relation. Well, we are in like, but it's not like you're my partner or something. And sometimes you're friends. And it's like, cool. Mm. So did you two? So you obviously came. Misha came over way. I mean, half the time before Conrad and. Was, did you come over knowing she was here? Like, was that a, an appeal? Like, you're like... Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I missed the shit out of her. It was great to have her here. Are we allowed to swear on this one? Yeah. Can it's I say great. that? Yeah. Fuck. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, so I was discussing sex parties the other day. Thought it was so good. Giddy up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a huge, a huge pull to move here, and I kind of, I guess, had a choice between LA and New York, and Misha definitely helped tip the scales in New York's favor. Yeah. And. Have you spent some time in LA? Yeah. Yeah. What I do have. you think? Uh, I really like it. I really like spending uh, sufficient time there because you start to find your your place and your your footing there. Don't you think though it's a, it's so much more similar to where, how we grew up? Absolutely. Like, yeah, you've got the beach, the sunshine, yeah. space. Even the car, like you. Yeah, I'm driving. Used to everyone having a car and driving where yeah. you need to go and like I know. Yeah, California to me. I went there with my mum for like a couple of weeks. We we did. I've done LA a few times, but we we drove out like San Fran, that whole area. I had never felt so at home or like comfortable, mm. even just the wind and the smells and the, like, I was like, oh, this is like, you know, you sometimes just get those yeah. like a little windy day in, in New York in the summer. You're like, oh, home. Totally. The it's, smell happens. Yeah. There's like something in the air and you can feel that yeah. like on your skin. You're like, this reminds me. We're home. I know. It's always when I'm just crossing the street and no one's around me and no one would get it anyway if I told yeah. them, yeah. this is Perth weather. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I felt like California that happened like, way too much like I got over it so what about the the whole acting New York versus LA um, opportunities because LA was like the hub forever and now New York has so many productions going on here like even Greenpoint we have so many like we've got The Good Wife right now Bay Ridge has an HBO show filming right down the road right is there Bay Ridge is far away for those that don't know (laughs) it's deep south of Brooklyn (laughs) it's still Brooklyn it's still still really cool yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> um, we wait. <laughs> my dad calls up a lot. He's like, we went to this restaurant. It was really Brooklyn-esque. You would love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, what? how do you feel? Like, is it known in the acting world that LA is still kind of where you need to be? Or not necessarily? I don't think necessarily, for sure. I, um, there's so much happening in New York, yeah. you know, and TV shows, the increase has been exponential and, um, and films that are being made here. And I'm really interested in focusing on film at the moment too. Because I'm hitting that age. 28, 29, uh, where I don't know if I want to, like, a part of me always thought there would be another city if I ever go, like, if I ever leave New York, I always thought there would be one other place and then I would go back to Australia, wherever in Australia. Um, But the thought now to go to a new city and start again and start all making contacts again and friends again and... I don't know if I yeah, got I it. it in me again. But but then the thought that I get offered this incredible job, I doubt I would not take it for those reasons. So I think it's, yeah, like it, I would have to know, I think that there is a, a, like it doesn't have to be many people, but I think I'd have to know there's two or three good people yeah. in this city just so I'm not starting from like square one again. So do, was the plan always that you guys were going to do this, this project, this mini series? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. actually, yeah. Uh, I um, visited in 2012, at the end of 2012, and that's when we discussed, first spoke about creating something, a web series, a show, something. Yeah. Um, and then we obviously remained in contact for the year, was it? Yeah, year that I was, um, before I moved here. And then since moving here, it was like, okay, now we're going to make this. So can you take us through a little bit of like how the idea came about? Like give us a bit of a 101 on the show. I've watched all the episodes back. Oh, good. good. Thank you. I love it. I was like, yeah, no. I was like, on Sunday, I just got cozy. And also they're six minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't like. Not a lot. Yeah. I was ready for the next one. I was like, keep it going. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Yes. uh, So Conrad came and... I don't know whether it had been shifted in me or whether it had shifted in Conrad or a bit of both of us, but he just kept making me laugh. He just kept telling me these stories that I was like, this is, I can't, this is, this would be great in a, in a film or this would be great in a, and he just kept doing it. And at some point I'm like, okay, this is, you've, we, you've got to start, like, you've got to turn this into something that he had so many stories about like himself and or many of his friends that were just unbelievable like that you wouldn't believe them yeah. if they actually were in a show and and then we were like let's start recording these stories whenever we hear a new one let's start writing them down and so every time we heard another like jaw-dropping stro- story from a friend we would like call each other or text each other and like we started rec- like writing everything down um and prepping like we knew that he was intending to come and we said if we spent about two years before we really oh, got serious wow. just collecting true stories that were just like hilarious or horrific or shocking or embarrassing like the best stories that were happening like having sex and um nosebleeds and and nosebleed yeah yeah and the guy continues like that yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah lovely isn't it isn't it beautiful that's what you want so romantic yeah well because i thought it was gonna be a murder scene because you do that little yeah i thought yeah yeah. (laughs) i'm like but then the the next thing that you're seeing her talk at dinner so you're like okay good she's still good that's exactly this really this really took a spin but like is this spoiler material i'm not so sure oh sorry years of collecting was not serious like it was just like two friends telling each other stories and writing them down it was conversation yeah, yeah. it wasn't like focused and then when Conrad moved here it took a little while not yeah, too long I'd say, but it took a little while I'd say early 2014 we started writing yeah it's like in the springtime, I think. Yeah. yeah. And then um, that's when we started writing. And originally it was going to be a pilot, like a 30-minute pilot. Yeah. And that's what we had as a script. And then we constantly developed and showed people and developed some more and decided to break it up into five episodes. Mm-hmm. And we developed that even 
further. Um, yeah, we worked really closely with our director, Jennifer Soldatic, yes. who is one of the people that Conrad knows in LA. She's based in LA. Nice. And she worked with us um, on those edits in that, like really refining the script and really getting it up to scratch. And she was one of the key kind of people that was part of the decision to go from a pilot to a web series and, and then developing those episodes and stuff like that. So what's the, is there an ultimate goal with this web series? Like, do you do it, because like a pilot, you do it so you hope it gets picked up, right? Sure. You know, you know, can I answer this one? Sure. I feel like I have a specific thing. So like, we wanted to tell a story that was incredibly entertaining and fun to watch, but also was inspiring and kind of had like, maybe could maybe make a bit of a difference with people, like kind of shift perspectives or open people's hearts or kind of, and our ultimate goal is to share this with as many people as we can, have as many people watch it in order to both entertain but also maybe move people. And and I one of, um, one of the first pieces of response we got, Conrad's friend texted him, and I kind of was like, oh, well, I've achieved my dream. Like the person shared, like, oh, I, um, I, I, it made me think completely differently about my ex-girlfriend, and I feel like I understand what she's going through more. And it, it, that's the, that's the core goal is to have as many people as possible see it because we think it's a really fun show to watch that you know has the chance to make a difference as well. Yeah, it really touched him and it really got him. To get into her world, yeah. which was phenomenal. It was unexpected, mm. but it was totally our intention to to um, open people's eyes to other ways of being and other ways of looking at things yeah. and how to be empowered and kind. Um, also, they're back together. No, they just got back together. Oh my! Yeah. Wait, I mean, no. I don't want to take credit for I'm this. Totally like, taking oh. credit for this. <laughs> But they're back together. Okay, so that is the tagline from here on in. <laughs> we have brought lovers back together. You do? What? Yeah. Our show. Our show. Wow. So, like, the storyline, one of the storylines in our show that we wrote, that we created, yeah. had someone understand his ex-girlfriend so in such a profound way that they have now gone back together. I am so... Is this from your character? Yeah. 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 You know what amazed me? My character's Ariana. Ariana, yes. For those that can't see my face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Was that even though these stories in here were wild like they were they were like yeah like not not yeah right just like oh my god like but luck we wanted them to be yeah right but the funny thing like i don't know if i've been in new york for so long or whatever but i was like i can i can see that happening like it wasn't it was so like it was shocking and it was like far out god what is going on you know but you, the more you live life, you're like, yeah, crazy shit happens all the time. Yeah. Like it's, and it doesn't have to happen. You don't have to be crazy for it to happen to you. I think that's what I loved about it. It's like, mm. these things could happen to a lot of people. And and I liked it that you don't don't judge when your friend tells you a story that something happened because it, it could happen, you know, yes. half of them could happen to you. Like yeah. It was, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that is exactly what our intention was. And then obviously, we would love if a major organization liked what we did and picked up on the show. Right. Dream, that would be a dream come true as well. Like, um, but that's so that's so unpredictable and that's so not in our hands. You know, like yeah. you can that like it's not something that I personally really focus on. Like what I want to do is I want to get it out there. We're going to have Mm. enter into festivals and we're going to try and market it as best as possible. And we're going to try and share it with the world. And if something like that happens, like, wow, what a bonus, what a, but also it was about creating our own opportunities and creating our own work and creating opportunities for others. We don't like, we're not the kind of people to just sit around and wait Wait. things to to happen. So we were committed to, to being proactive and we're creators, you know, and it's so uninspiring to just sit around and wait. So we got moving and got into action and we're able to like create jobs for people ultimately, which was amazing and create this amazing show that, you know, we can be proud of. Did you get any funding or anything? We worked really hard to get funding from different organizations and funding bodies. Um, We pitched to many and submitted to many individual donors, all that kind of thing. Uh, We didn't do a crowdfunding campaign for this. Uh, That was a a conscious choice. We didn't um, feel it was appropriate. Um, We really wanted to 
do it ourselves in a sense. Um, we threw the uh, fundraising party when I was back in Australia last year and that was a huge success mm-hmm. um, and it was great to just be able to throw a party for people to come to and have a great time and be entertained and, and stuff and to raise money that way um, and people are so supportive like it was so nice to kind of go back and be reminded of how much mm-hmm. people you know have your back there and did you I mean I would presume that they're they're just so proud that you're doing like yeah. that you're out there doing something in New York and you're hustling and yeah. like I don't know I I know it sounds lame but if some, if I was in Perth and someone was like come come to a party for a web series this crew in New York that are putting a web series together about stories I'm guessing from Perth as well as mm-hmm. from New York mm-hmm. and stuff you know Definitely. like let's go you know be a part of it I'm yeah. be like yeah. You don't hear that every day. I'm yeah. Like, I'd love to. Yeah, it was great. Like, we, um, even, like, the agencies in Perth sent it to all their actors and said, come, mm. like, and, like, versus, like, New York. It was mental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> we had an event here to launch the party, and it was actually a really great success as well. Jesus. It was a really amazing. It was surprisingly better than we thought it was going to go, but yeah. it's just so different. <laughs> yeah, I bet. You know, like, yeah. the idea of agents sending it to their actors is, like, in this city, just... So unlikely. <laughs> but yeah, in Perth, like the industry was like supporting it. Yeah, and, and so that that kind of uh, fundraising event became the majority of our budget, really. Yeah, we had for, a ridiculously small It was budget. so tight, yeah. and, it was and ridiculous, and it was disappointing, but we we made it work. Yeah, it's funny because that's something I'm both really proud of and really ashamed of. <laughs> like, I'm really proud because um, I'm the quality of work that we've made on that budget, I'm really proud of. I think it's awesome yeah. and exciting. Um, and I'm really ashamed because usually when you have a small budget, it's because you have to ask people to work for free. And that's just the last thing I'd like to do. Like, I want to be paying the artists that work on the projects I work on because they deserve it. It's important to us to acknowledge artists in that sense, in that way. You know, we are artists and to work for free, it seems to me to be the only industry that people get people on to work for free. And I yeah. think it's unacceptable. Yeah, and it's like it's really complicated because when you're like just two people who are trying to create a project, the only way you can pay people is like if you get a grant or if you do have a really ma- massively yeah. successful crowdfunding campaign, etc. And that is always the goal. But if it falls through, the drive in us at the time was like, well, we're not just going to not make it. Right. We're yeah. not just going to give up because we couldn't. And there came a point where it was like it feels like we're avoiding making the show if we keep putting this off. And it's time to make this. And our team and our cast and crew really got that. Yeah, and they, were, they believed in this project and they got where we were coming from and what we wanted to create and, and yeah, how much like, we appreciated and acknowledged them as well and how much we would have loved to have given them but it um they they were inspired by it right as well we had such incredible you're not making people. money though like you guys no, are not no paying oh, no no but I'm meaning like it's very different to work for free for someone when they're Making a profit. Where they're making a profit. Absolutely. To when you're just, really, you're just joining a project. A hundred percent. Like, because it's like with my podcast, I have Grace Taylor, who helps me with all, like, I'm a terrible writer. So she writes everything for me. And she's also just like the support. She's mm-hmm. like been in it from the beginning and helps me with lots of different areas and pushes me. Like when I feel a bit uncomfortable, Good she's like, go on. Mm-hmm. And then I have Nancy, an art director at work, who now has taken over like the social media and is like really taking on the, the branding side and like I was, was going for a run with Nancy the other day and she's like okay so if we start making money what are we going to do with it mm. and I was like pay you mm. like, because, like, because I part of me goes I don't know why they're doing this like I don't know why yeah you know, well that was the thing that we got was like okay so we don't have a budget um, and we want really talented people on this because yeah. this needs to be the best that we can make it and so what is in it for them and we had really really honest conversations like we were completely transparent and we said like how much we really want to pay them and how hard we work to keep on the money and then how what our dreams are for the work right. and like what the story is that we're telling and like our goals and it was actually just amazing the the, the level of talented high quality people that came onto the mm. project volunteering their time 
Yeah. It's like such an honor. It's such an honor. And they were like, they made it happen. They, you know, it's because the, of them. Oh. And we, we actually put together at the end of 2014, we put, uh, we shot a teaser trailer thing, which was, mm, yes, we chose to create that to show, um, potential casting crew people. and to yeah. yeah potential donors what the kind of show we wanted to create and we worked really hard on that we shot it and we um, worked on editing it with our director um, and it was a huge success because people would see that and we had multiple multiple crew came on board based solely on that trait on seeing Absolutely. that trailer right yeah and we went, wow I want to do that and we knew that when we made that trailer, we're like, this is representing the show. This is yeah. representing what we want to make. Yeah. But it has to be at the quality that we want to make it. I um, I was 19 and we wanted to put it on a fashion show. I was studying fashion design at, um, at like Tate next to that curtain. And there was like three of us. And we went to Ali May, I think her name is. She does, she does the big Starlade um, every year yeah. in Australia, the big like thing. And we, we sat down because we wanted a grant. And we wanted to get lots of all the fashion schools and we wanted 20, you know, we wanted all the Whopper dancers to be our models and like, I just sat, we wanted this big event. And she goes, you know what, if you get a grant and you get, oh, that's noisy. Just pour the water. Pour the water. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you get a grant and say it's like 10 grand you're limited to this 10 grand. You're going to probably overspend or it's like, basically she's like, you're probably going to create something better with no money and just hustling and putting it together because you're not restricted than if you have money. And I didn't get it. I was like, no, just give us the 10 grand. Uh, But she didn't. And we ended up doing everything that we wanted with no money. We got sponsors. We had to ask. But but I get what she means now because you you... If then you then you get that really good quality equipment, but then you can't pay anything else because you had the money to do it instead of like borrowing or renting. I'm like I don't know. I can't yeah, that's one of my it, core mantras is that it forces you to be creative. Right. When you don't have the money, you got to think outside the box, and that's what creates really good work often. And I actually do love that side of indie work and having no money. But the thing that I just hate is not paying the money. Yeah. Like I actually don't. I don't mind the challenge of being creative and thinking outside the box and trying to make something work with a low budget. I just, and I've actually made a new commitment as a producer. I'm no longer making work where I can't at least pay the people that work for me at least a stipend. That's kind of my first step. And my eventual goal is a full wage. Um, And that's it now. Now I've put myself on the edge of that cliff going, all right, well, you don't get to do it then if you can't pay people. Yeah. Just, and and that's going to, that's, I, when I, when I made the commitment, I started crying a little bit because I realized how scared I was that I couldn't raise enough money in order to do that and I would never get to produce again. But then the fact that it made me so emotional made me um, realize that if it means that much to me, I'll figure a way, figure right. it out. I was in a meeting the other day and this woman in finance, I'm just going to turn the light on, it's getting a little moody in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in fi- she must be in finance and we're talking about raising money for this campaign that we're doing. She's like, and we said, someone mentioned a hundred grand and she's like, oh, not a problem. We'll get investors, not a problem. Like some people don't see this asking for money or, or raising money as a big thing where I like the thought to ask someone for money mm-hmm. for, for my idea, like the thought to ask someone to back my podcast is just ridiculous to me. I don't know why you would want to do it. It seems like the strangest thing. And surely if I just work hard, money will appear. Like, isn't that how the world works? But <laughs> other people just are so good at it. They're like, no, it's just, it it's the way of the land people have money they don't know what to put into it they love concepts they love supporting you just got to get out there and ask and be you know confident with what you have and like i guess putting the trailer together was like genius idea because then you had someone like that word because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's always like well show me something right? yeah. like everyone can talk the talk but show me yeah. and just even putting a trailer together is a big deal right yeah. like that was that's not just like a quick <laughs> thing no, no, you so you're already committed um but yeah the money side things but for some reason this city if you find the right person to help you do it like it's out there 
But it's kind of that question, you know, we constantly ask ourselves, who am I to, you know, ask for all this money or who am I for you to give me all this money? But who are you not? Right. Right? Yeah. Who are you not? What you're doing is just as valid and is as important as what everyone else is doing. And if I say I'm a 50-year-old woman who has a lot of money and the thought that I give some away to some young crew creating like a series that means the world, you know, and, and there's some storyline that touches me, I'm like, oh my, I would be so happy to do it. I'd be like, yeah. as long as you come in for dinner once a month and entertain <laughs> yeah. me or something, like, go, like, invite me to the premiere. <laughs> but I know just the money side of things, I, I hope one day... Uh, to see the business side of it rather than the emotional mm. side. So I read a book called The Art of Asking and I'm getting the oh. feeling that you should read it because it's glorious. Mm. It's by Amanda Palmer, uh, who is the woman who basically invented crowdfunding. She's in the Dresden Dolls. She's a musician. And she was the first person to really just say to her fans, I need your help to afford to pay for this. And she just she doesn't work with... Um, like the big companies she is owned in quotation marks by her fans and she wrote this beautiful book about the like Bernie Sanders (laughs) yes I mean I guess it's really becoming more and more common isn't it like it's just kind of yeah it's really it's just such a beautiful book in terms of like um, you're not asking for a favour right like you're creating work for the world and and every artist fails and succeeds at different pieces of work they do and that is something you cannot guarantee like success and failure is just good part and power of the course but you're offering something to the world right and you're working really really hard to give that and you have I mean, I, I, all I can, I'm assuming that you have lofty goals of like making a difference and doing good things and entertaining people and bringing light to people's lives and challenging them and inspiring them and all of that. And, and so it shifts if you're able to, it's hard and you have to keep working on it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is easy for me, but I continually try to work at getting myself into the headspace of like, I'm not asking for people to give me a favor. I'm asking for people to help me create. Right something yeah that sits a bit better of value yeah of value yeah have you have you been doing it um i since reading that book i haven't done anything active but i'm about to start but i actually have um have done it in the past a lot like i have have been quite successful in um, getting people excited on the work that I'm doing. Yeah, that's not really fair. Like, you've done... You're getting ready for this massive campaign. I'm about about to to do a massive campaign. And were we allowed to... Was I allowed to say that? Yeah, of course. Okay, great. Um, Like, that's doing something. Yeah. That's actually taking what you just got and... Runway. Yes. No, this is um, my company is Little Wine, and um, we make film and theatre, and uh, we have been creating work for five years now. And uh, that commitment that I mentioned earlier about like paying people a minimum of a stipend, uh, this is like my five year kind of celebration slash expectation, like take the next step forward in the right. company. Um, and we've made like a bunch of work over the five years, and it was started in Australia, um, and I took the company to Perth and I've worked with other people Um, there were other people that established the company with me in Australia Uh, and so about to the crowdfunding campaign feels really massive for me because I'm shooting towards achieving that new goal and things become insanely more expensive when you're paying everyone even if it's just a stipend mm. yeah even if it's not like it's that you go from being like able to pass on a budget making our web series on like three thousand dollars two thousand five hundred dollars to being like that needs to be fifteen thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars to pay stipends right like that's dramatically shifts and so it's um it's a really big exciting and scary next phase 
that I'm like about to release the craft. We're finishing editing the video and we're wow. finishing putting it all together and stuff like that. And um, congratulations! Thank you. Mm-hmm. We have a really exciting season. In we're called we, we're we're going to start making seasons now. Like deliberate. Like this is this this is what we're doing this year. Yeah. And we have yeah really exciting stuff. I also on. think that though when you start putting the proper price of what something truly costs and the respect that comes from the person that is paying. For yeah. yeah. And you do want to do it the right timing though. Yeah. You know, and, and I and, and I explain I, it properly. Yeah. Why things cost this much? Yes. Because you've got this person, this person, this person, and you're on the phone for me for 40 minutes yeah. every five hours. So that's my time as well. Like I think it's when, mm. especially if you're talking to another business person, they're running their business as well. They get it. They know how much you know talent costs or what you know service. Like I think. Um, yeah, I think you, you yeah, you're entering on a whole a whole different world and you and different quality clients mm. you're gonna to wanna to go after. Yeah, and I've um been doing research for the last Yeah, you're right, Conrad, it was a crap to say what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing pretty focused research on how to take this next step. So I haven't taken it yet, like I'm about to. Yeah. But I've spent about a year to a year and a half of like researching like how do I find those donors? When I'm not I'm not a rich person and I don't have rich people in that many rich people in my life I mean the people that I do have supported me already for so long like you know it's time to move on it's like I need to find some new like people um and also they're not like in the arts like it's not their focus like they've been doing their like family friend a favor right. in a way whereas like what I need to look for is the people who are actually really excited at the idea of being part of this world and um that kind of thing and I am slowly meeting people and I am getting advice from those people about how to expand that network so there's potential there and I feel like this is such a boring topic. No, so it's like, not. It's not a potential. Oh, I just feel like, but I just feel like Mish is not fully acknowledging. You're already on the journey. You've already taken the step. You're not about to take the step. You've already taken the step. Just by declaring this is what you're doing, it's huge. No one does that because I mean, not many people do that. Of course, lots of people do that, but not many no. people do that because it's terrifying, and because you know, what if they fail, or what if they can't? Like, it's a huge thing. I think I really acknowledge you for that. Thanks. <laughs> I think that you actually have done a lot of the hard work. If you're already ready to launch it, like yeah. that preparation is like. I hope you guys are yeah. right. <laughs> hope once it's launched, it's really easy. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think it's if you're if all the sto- if it's all in place, mm-hmm. then you gotta like let it go, right? And then put definitely. But you've done all the actual preparation, the mm-hmm. creating of like even the case study. I'm sure has been a. Like you've had to figure out what the hell to say, what you're selling, what your oh, vision is. Hundred percent. That's not. I've been looking the hard work. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been looking at like what the script was for the crowdfunding video. I've been editing it and stuff. So I've been really like and uh, and realizing how I couldn't have said the things that I was able to verbalize or vocalize like a year ago. Like I've done a lot of refining on how to explain to other people what it is we're doing. Yeah. And how to like how to show the share the value rather than be do me a favor help me out i need your help like here's what we're doing and this is how valuable it is and like will you join us on that exciting yeah adventure yeah if someone asked me what my what is like my mission for the podcast i haven't worked it out yet and like and that even makes me feel uncomfortable to Mm. not be clear about why i'm doing i know that i'm I want to do it and I know I'm like on the right path and it makes me happy and I'm learning a lot but I I haven't worked out yet what that is and especially it kills me because my one of my favorite things is brand strategy which is positioning <laughs> and you know like this whole but when it's your own and when you've got to like lock it down but what about the name Essie's Hour of Love yeah well that that actually came as a it's a bit of a joke right what's the real local radio show in Perth um the uh, NRTR. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So I <laughs> Look at us being real Perth people. I used to joke Jeez. to my friends and say, I'm going to get the midnight shift and all I'm going to do is play tragic love songs and get people on and tell love stories and I'm going to call it Essie's Hour of Love. Oh. So then when like I wanted this podcast on this radio show, FIT, and how it all got started, I was like, I, have, I just have to call it Essie's Hour of Love. Right. Because that was... I mean, it's not not true. Like, it is about, you know, 
I think the best thing about the word love is that it, it is actually anything. Like we're just talking about passions and what we're working on, mm. what we love to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like anything mm-hmm. um, is like is great in the for the name in some ways. But um, it uh, it's funny though because I, now I have Grace and Nancy really helping me, and I hate it that it's just my name on it as well. Like I party's like, well, no, it's, there's a crew, and I want it to be bigger, and I want it to be a whole group of people working on this and. Yeah, so I wonder if I'll, I'll change it one day, or it would just become a name. It's pretty common to have the host's name. Yeah. yeah. And, and, it's like and a, there's still a major product, production crew behind it. Of course. Of so you, you bring up an interesting point there, guys. Like, how have you been feeling about promoting your own show? Like, that oh. it's, like isn't it the worst? <laughs> oh, sorry. It's, it, no, it can be difficult because it's so personal and yeah. because it's your work. And, and you're promoting yourself. And yeah, yeah, and like specifically for this show, we are the co-creators. We co-wrote it. We co-executive produced it. <laughs> we were in it. You know, it's it's very much our show. And of course, we had so much help and so many other people involved to help it be as great as it is. <laughs> Did I just call our own show great? Um, <laughs> but... It's, and so it can be a little tricky to kind of share with people and go, this is our work and and we're really, and stand by it and be really proud of it, even though we are, but it's like that whole Australian I know, the tall, tall poppy syndrome and like tooting your own horn thing. It's something we've had to really learn to eradicate. And I think that's a wonderful thing about New York though, is you yep. really have to like, get, just like throw the poppy up. Yeah. And you know like, there's no yes. poppy anymore. No. My parents have um, been, especially my dad like really passionate about like that it's okay to celebrate your successes Mm -hmm. so for me what's been really a kind of conflicting thing is I really believe that we should be allowed to celebrate our successes and be proud and excited Uh, and yet I'm afraid of judgment and I'm afraid of haters (laughs) you know and and that's where I'm torn up is like um even, even creating this crowdfunding campaign and talking about certain things, like talking, you know, you have to be like, yeah, the company's been successful just because that is a, a reason that someone might trust us to make right. more work. But then like, it's like, it's really challenging and there's this fear of people being like, oh, so you're up yourself and you're, you, all those things. And then like the thing that I, you know how you were just a moment ago saying, Conrad, um, who am I to and who, who are you not to? There's like the famous quote mm. about, um, like who are you not to be great like we're so afraid of success and we're so afraid of all of this and we're afraid of people like feeling bad about themselves if you do something great and like we kind of keep squashing ourselves down but like who are we not to like be the leaders and have people be inspired and excited by what we do and so that is the thing I think about even though it's really scary and I struggle a lot with it I try to just be like no I want to I want to show people that they do get to be proud of what they do yeah and therefore, I have to be proud of what I do, and I I get to share. It. And it's it's complicated though. Like it is, it's I it definitely get in the head. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. But because I think I'm very, I mean, I'm very unusual. Most Australians are on a very different part of the scale to me. Sure. Yeah. Well, but also what I started to realize was that I'm not happy not doing something. And just doing something that I love doesn't mean that I'm saying I'm awesome at it. It just means I'm doing something that I that I want to do. And whenever I saw like going to UCB theatre, the improv show, mm-hmm. and just seeing people get up there and just give it a shot, like also they're the best at like <laughs> improv all around. But like if you can do that, well then I want to do what I want to do. And yeah. like it, so that it's in those moments where it's got nothing to do with what people think of you or or what anyone's gonna you know judge you on. It's just purely you want to do something and then when it takes then it's that moment to like oh I guess now I have to share it with the world especially if it's a performance based mm-hmm. thing um, you're like ah oh, well I just wanted to do it because I wanted to do it and then but it's, it's a part of it and when you do celebrate and acknowledge and, and share that with people things are then possible yeah whereas if you are just reductive about it and play small like there's no nothing can come from that and what are you going to learn and yeah so the one thing that surprised me the most about your web series was that you guys were American in it oh yeah I I thought it was I I don't know why I truly thought it was going to be like 
Australians living in New York and their experiences. Um, so why are, the, why are you guys American? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> we live in America and Correct. we're working as actors in the States. And so it's, um, I think, you know, when you're kind of starting out in a new country, it's important to to be able to work in that country. And most of the roles that are going are American roles. And so we chose to play American roles because we wanted to show that we can do that, that we're completely castable in those roles. And um, yeah, working as an American and in America, Casting directors and agents and all those um, powerful people can be very suspicious and can like doubt your ability and even if you can do it in an audition, they, like I, my voiceover agent, I have time and time again showed American accent work and I am an Australian and I will only ever get sent by this agent for Australian, Australian voiceovers, although I've got my own American voiceovers before, like from my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's an, an, an urge and a need to kind of be like, like, look, this is like a fully fledged character and a journey and, um, and, and this is a believable thing and, and, and we can do it too. And it's not that we don't embrace our Australian, it's not that I don't love playing Australian characters and Absolutely. think that I, and, and want to use that as something that makes me unique. Right. Uh, but we just want to be available and like at least get the chance to audition for American roles. And we do, of course, it's not like we never do, but yeah. And we're working to launch ourselves in the US market. Right. Yeah. Simple. So it's just yeah, and we always move. we always plan to go back to Australia and and enrich that industry too, and play America, uh, Australian roles and and do as many Australian productions as possible because we want that to flourish too. And it's like you just want to be able to do as many roles as you can, right? Yeah. Like yeah. why we don't want to be limited yeah. to oh you can only play the Australian guy. It's just I'm not playing true. I'm <laughs> playing a role in a film at the moment where I'm doing an English accent, so I'm like pretty excited about that. Mm. I've got my American, I got my English, I got my Australian. Yeah. My play that I'm doing in August, I do a Palestinian accent. Um, Fun. I think accents are super fun. And I look really intimidated by them, but I'm starting to think that maybe I'm not as bad as I think because I keep doing them. (laughs) Like, I keep having roles. It's such a good challenge. (laughs) I played Northern Irish once in a play. Yeah. That was insane. I had to work with a dialect coach. It's one of the most. Can you do a little bit? Oh, oh God! Um, That's a horrible question. They had me lo- like say these certain phrases for phonetics and the different vowel sounds. Like, um, I'm sick of this filthy time. <laughs> that was awful. I don't even know what but you like, said. I'm sick of this filthy time. Town. Town. Yeah, tine. Town. Tine. Yeah, I'm sick of this filthy time. And they left Daria to go somewhere better. Wow. I mean, it's and that's Northern it's been a Irish, few years, so it's not so great any Northern Irish listeners there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Sorry, it was. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just to like <clears throat> follow the Essie's hour of love. So guys, what? How's the love scene been in in New York City for the both of you? Well. Who's going first? <laughs> Maybe you should. Yeah, because I think you're like more really structured. <laughs> yeah, you, and you've got a better story. Like, we'll start with the boring one. I moved to New York with my boyfriend. We have our eight-year anniversary on the 22nd of this month. And that's the end of that story. Yeah, um, <laughs> boring. <laughs> I've never done the New York dating thing, which is bizarre, isn't it? Lucky little duck. <laughs> so wait, so, um, did you both decide? Like, my boyfriend's a comedian, and since he's uh, since he was a young teenager, it was his dream to move to New York. Oh, fantastic! For me, the idea of moving to New York was such an impossible thing. It never even entered as a dream, although it would have been if I'd thought it was possible. But it was just like I didn't even consider it. And then like life had it that suddenly it became possible. So it and we were really blessed that it aligned with what we wanted and that the timing aligned. The timing aligned perfectly, yeah. so we were able to move together like so he was a comedian in Perth yeah was that is there much of a scene yeah yeah there's a really good comedy scene you know that does not surprise me at all actually there's some talented people and really good rooms that are full every time every show and like I guess I know so I do you, are you, most of your listens are Perth based because Shapiro Tuesdays <laughs> there, there is a lot of my Perth boyfriend based. started that room and it basically sells out every Tuesday where is that um, it's at Lazy Susan's Comedy Den uh, at the top of the Brisbane Hotel in like kind of upstairs area and it's 
so good and it's so well loved mm. and it's been going for eight and a half years or so. That's fantastic. Yeah. And there's more than just that. Of course. Yeah. It's a very good comedy scene. Yeah. yeah. And so did you meet him in the whole theatre world? Or? Yeah, like the entertainment kind of world, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere near like a stand-up comedy. But yeah, you know, you get mutual friends because a lot of comedians do go into acting, a lot of actors go into comedy. Um, he's not an actor at all as well. Like, so both of us kind of don't do the other person's thing. Cool. Um, but obviously it's a similar world. And you both, you like, and you're, because, like, you both haven't had a moment where you're like, let's get the hell out of here, let's move back to Perth or something. Like, it's... Not in a serious way. Yeah. But of course... We have the moments. No. Yeah. Constantly. No, I just think no, that's a really... No, actually, it's very rarely let's move back to Perth. No. It's more often, what am I doing as an actor? What am I doing as an artist? <laughs> oh, my God, I'm a failure. I've been doing this for too long, and I'm... Oh, my God, I'm such a failure. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's a Sunday night. <laughs> oh. Well, that's so I, that's so nice. I, I think it's pretty magical that you guys can take such a big leap together, and like the city's hard. And oh, it's so amazing. They've done and, an amazing and job. And you've had the support of each other. It's unbelievable. It's such a blessing. It's unbelievable. And you've got to, I'm guessing, like, him entering the comedy scene in New York and you sort of having your, like, I'm sure it's all combined. Yeah, it's kind of weird how, like, aligned we are in our careers. Like, the level that we're both at, like, it's... It's so funny, and I, and I sometimes think, like, wouldn't it, it's going to be strange because probably one day one of us is going to shift into a new realm to the other person. Like, it's highly unlikely we'll continue. But so far, our whole relationship, we've basically been on a similar playing field as in terms of success and reputation and, and stuff like that. Nice. Oh, I, sorry, yeah. I had to touch wood. <laughs> Alright, yeah, yeah, you're good. Well, it's fun then. <laughs> now let's do that fun things. No, I'm just kidding. Conrad. Yes. What's your deal? What do you mean? How's the love life? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, the love life is, um, single. Did you come over single? Well? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I kind uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say <laughs> You don't actually much. have to. It's really not. You don't have to go into each other's relationships. But um, I feel like if I don't ask, then people listen to like, the way you're supposed to talk about love life. I'm like, oh, yeah. Um, it's been a whole new experience living in this city and dating in this city. I mean, dating, for one thing. It just doesn't really exist. It's like a, an institution here, and it doesn't really exist in Australia. I can't on that more like, yep. we don't date no. in Australia here people date like three people at a time <laughs> I can't keep up with like that but uh, it's a full time job yeah. like even being it's on like online dating or something going, mm. I'm shocking at it because I forget to open the app like, yeah I, <laughs> yeah I think there's some other totally. reasons why I'm shocking <laughs> at it but like that's one I yeah forget. Oh, I mean look I'm I'm just do you um, miss the Australian scene though? Like, are you? No. No, no. I mean, sometimes you can get lonely in this city. This city, it's extraordinary how there are so many people here and it's so densely populated, yet you can feel so alone. But I also times. have deep loneliness. Yeah. And I'm in a... No, so like, just to for, get upset... Yeah, like, for yeah, everyone. It's, like it's, it's universal, city, for sure. Yeah, it can be a lonely city. Um, so perhaps in those moments, totally. home, I might, like, pine for home and where it's sim- more simple and... Yeah, I was trying to explain to someone the other day, like an American, they're like, well, what, well then how do you meet someone at home? I, get, I think it's just a bit more of a natural thing. You, you Normally it's a mutual gathering or something, mm. and then you see them again at another bar, and then you probably go home with each other. And then other. you buy a house together. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you <laughs> and like, move to Canning Yeah. yeah. I mean... <laughs> But it's interesting because I was, I met someone I after I was moving here. Love yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Canada. Um, I, I met, I met someone in Australia after I, it, I was, had already planned to move here. And so for that duration before I left, um, we were seeing each other, but I was always leaving. And so at times I can miss that scene as you put it um because I could have you know how that would have looked 
Right. And here it's so uncertain. And here I'm on this huge adventure and I'm doing this stuff. And it gets scary sometimes and lonely sometimes. And so you can crave that that um, certainty. Not that anything is certain, but... No, I, I get predictability. Stability, yeah. Stability, And yeah. I think also, I'm presuming that you, if you're thinking about going to LA and you've got a lot of stuff going on and Korea is such a huge focus right now, yeah. like, like is it... Is it a big thing to have, like, a solid partner, or...? I think... Well, for me, you know, I think anything is possible, and I can make anything work. And with the right person, and with communication, you know, I can pursue my dreams, they can pursue theirs. Uh, I think... You know, it's about it's about contributing to each other and not uh, taking away from the other. And, of course, it takes work, and it's compromise and stuff like that, but... Those are both really important things to me, a relationship and career. Yeah. And I'm, I'm committed to making both work. Um, have you dated very many Americans? Yeah. How are you finding the culture, like the... Yeah, I, I get Americans. I'm, yeah. I, we're so Americanized in Australia, I guess. We're so used to it and so exposed to it. Um, like American guys versus Australian guys, it's... It's... It's there's cool. a bit of a difference. There's, a, there's a sure. No, of course there is. There is. There absolutely is. I feel like Americans are actually, especially in New York, are much more self-expressed, and there's a lot more. F- there's a lot more freedom here, for lack of a better term, <laughs> America freedom. But um, <laughs> there's a lot more uh, freedom. Whereas, like, especially in the gay world, like the gay culture in Australia is still really fresh and very new. Here, it's steeped in history. I mean, this yeah. is the home of the gay civil rights movement. Movement. and especially in New York in New York right. and that that um, that is that really informs the culture here and so it's yeah there's more of a people are more sure of themselves in a sense yeah yeah, yeah. and a lot more free to be self-expressed and and that's that's been really um, eye-opening I have to um, admit that there's been a few Australian guys that have come over here, um, very straight Australian guys, and watching them kind of get used to the gay culture and like really embrace it. And I remember this one guy, lovely guy, you know, just lovely guy, but it was his first like six months here and he said the word poof. And I was like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we don't, you don't say that. You don't, I don't know what it is like in Oz anymore. I, I mean, you know, like, it, he didn't mean it in a terrible way or anything. It was just this language that you don't, you just don't speak mm. like that here at all. And, yeah. um, and now he's been here for, like, quite a few years. And there's no way he would even, I don't know, like, it was just interesting watching him go th- go through the change and how it's so much more just a part of life compared to when he first came over from not to say that um, everyone in Perth is you know judgmental or whatever but yeah. just in his culture that he'd grown up with it was not like a norm and now he's like lives in West Village and like wouldn't even like second guess anything yeah that's remarkable and really great like that evolution I guess yeah I think now that I think when I went home last year it was it was just stark contrast it's so easy to meet people here Mm. and people are open to meeting other people here and in Australia comparatively in my experience it's a lot more clicky and people are a little more closed off and a little less open to meeting new people and engaging with new people mm. I don't think I um, so I used to be a nanny in Greenwich Connecticut it was like my first job when I came to America and I lived in the house and so on the weekends I would just come into New York by myself a lot of the time and not once did I have a meal by myself like you sit down at a bar in New York and someone sits next yeah. to you and tells you their whole life story and you're like I just want to read my book <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's incredible you can't ever there's just someone joining you or talking to you mm. the whole time when in Perth yeah not necessarily yeah yeah you could go out here in this city and meet someone new and like have an entire night out with like a new group of friends mm-hmm you know, just from someone you met at a bar. Whereas in Australia, I would go out wanting to do that, wanting to meet those people, but it just, it never really happened. Yeah, you're still, I, yeah. I mean, most of my friends in Oz are still my high school friends. Like, the, like yeah. you, you just, you've had them for years. Yeah, it's just the way, the way it is. Um, so I think they're coming to mm-hmm. the end. Oh, like 
three minutes off the oh, hour. Okay. Um, so I do want to. I do, you pick the an Adele song for the love song. Where's yeah, this come we from? we well we chose one that we would both connect with. We thought we had to choose one, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. I mean, I, I don't think I would have shot you. <laughs> Sorry, I got my new saying is shot me in the foot, but then someone told me today that that's not the right saying. So I'm, when you shoot yourself in the foot, that's when you um self sabotage, right? That's it. But I think I say there's something I get it a bit mixed up. I just left it you were just shot. saying you wouldn't shoot me if yeah. I ever brought to. Well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Appreciate welcome. that. Yeah, well, I mean, gun time. culture here is, is, is say, in the forefront of our minds. Mm. Not the best time for me to say that. But, but I'm glad you specified. <laughs> uh, the Adele song. I mean, yeah. who doesn't love Adele? And I mean, 21, that album and that song. I mean, I feel like I suggested it. And I went with it. I was like, who's I do an love artist? Who's an artist that Misha and I like? And I was like, Adele. Yeah. Yeah. And Set Fire to the Rain was the song, or is the song. I I mean, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful album. It's a beautiful record. And did you guys did you listen to Nineteen? Like, yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, my our good friend Lauren exposed me to Nineteen. So I heard Adele back in what oh eight was it? Yeah, was I remember the like watching Rage and seeing the. Like... You watched Rage? Oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I stopped. I think Rage? I stopped watching Rage like after high school, maybe. Well, I think <laughs> it was. Oh, I mean, oh wait, I don't know, but I remember the um, pavement song. Chasing pavement. Yeah, and she's rolling like on the pavement on the video. And was that about prostitution? I don't know. I mean, obviously, I'm not inferring that she is a prostitute. Or was a prostitute. It's okay, but... I just said I was going to shoot you, so we can. <laughs> but like, should I give up or should I just keep chasing pavement? Oh, like Isn't that like a streetwalker? Street? But obviously, she means like hustle grind. Yeah, I don't know. I might Google it. I'll call her. It's fine. I'll call her and say But wait, just before I play the song, we end it though. Can you promote? Tell them where. Tell everyone where they can see the show and if they should follow you on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. Go for it. Yes. Plug. Yeah, you should absolutely watch this show. It's entertaining. It's hilarious. It's funny. It's embarrassing. It's inspiring. Um, and it's surprisingly moving. And it brings uh, ex-lovers back together. Yeah. Yeah. And we bring people together. It's just broken up and you want to get back together. Yeah. Watch there's, the show. Yeah. And they can find it on YouTube as well. As no, no. So, no. Um, so the company, my company that, that produced the show, we're called Little Y and that's just the letter Y. And so our website is littlewhy.co forward slash then that happened which is the show which is where you can see the everything yeah. about the, the show the show is called then that happened the show is called then that happened yeah and you can see the show stories. on that website and it's on YouTube and our social media links are at TTH series cool mm. Mm. thanks so much for coming thanks. guys thank you so much for having us yeah.